0: So, Bob, we did a whole episode thinking it was going to be for everyone, uh, not just for patrons. And we got into, I don't know, some of the most vulnerable stuff I think we've ever talked about, which mm-hmm. is saying something. Yeah, it is. I mean, some areas of vulnerability that I don't think we've ever talked about before on this podcast. So, as usual, just because of, I don't know, <laughs> self-preservation or something... This is going to be a patron-only episode. Instead of it going out to eight billion people, it'll just go out to you know the few thousand that are patrons. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. Do you think that's a good idea, Bob?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, totally agree.
0: <laughs> this is the Psychology and Shadow podcast. I'm
1: your host, Dr. Kirkana. I'm a therapist and a professor. Uh, I'm your friend Bob. We, who you get vulnerable with in uh, in various formats and the therapist in practice here in Seattle.
0: And, uh, if you want to hear this whole episode, you have to become a patron of the podcast. We go to patreon.com And we when you become a patron, you get access to this whole episode. In addition to hundreds of other patron only episodes that are, you know, very certainly our best episodes that we go into technical things and vulnerable things. And so if you haven't become a patron, do it now because it's what the cool kids are doing. (music) So, Bob, we got emails. Let's answer them. What do you say? Yep. Anonymous annual upper tier patron says, Bob, thank you for sharing yourself with such authenticity and vulnerability. You have given me and doubtless many, many others space for a little more leniency with myself to try to see that I am not a complete and utter failure at all things, especially therapy. I found you guys only eight days ago but i've listened to over 60 episodes already wow over and over i was compelled to write and quickly i would shut down the impulse oh. then this morning i listened to the episode called co-hosts crying together oh. and just needed to share my heartfelt gratitude and sincere hope that your people know that your people know how incredibly blessed they are to have you working by their side i'm 33 years old and starting mm-hmm. therapy in 18 18- I started therapy 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. Since then, I have battled through each session. Poor guy now sees me three times a week, a situation that completely baffles me. I have such a hard time admitting just how terrified I am each session, and I fully expect the whole routine will wear him down before I can find my way through this. Mm-hmm. All of the reading, audiobooks, podcasts, articles, everything has been a search for validation of, of my experience. And where so many others have fell short, you flawlessly normalized the whole thing for me. So thank you, Bob.
1: Wow, thank you. That's lovely. Thank any, you.
0: Any thoughts on that, Bob?
1: Yeah, um, um, hang in there. You are not the burden you tell yourself you are. Your therapist probably sees you quite differently from that. And then the other thought I had is there's a part. There may be a part of you that you find is It's almost like it's safer to believe the bad stuff and really, really risky to believe that you actually could be loved, cared for, appreciated, valued. Um, And so keep risking. I know it's not easy. It's not easy for me either. Um, um, But all we get to do uh, is we get to chip away. So keep chipping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dare to believe occasionally.
0: Yeah. And I'll double down on what they're saying is the, you know, it's such a powerful thing for you, Bob, as a person, but also as a excellent therapist that understands how things work to talk as a therapist and a client at the same time. Right. It's one thing for clinicians to say like well it's normal to be vulnerable it's normal to feel it's another thing for you to be like i feel this way Mm -hmm. and and let me not just intellectualize that expression but let me like take you with me on my the depths of my pain and uncertainty and and struggle and i know intellectually what's happening to me but 99% 99% of me is not my prefrontal cortex. Right. My body and most of my mind is utterly terrified by mm. closeness and and assumes that I'm not worth it and that everyone thinks I'm a burden. Yeah. Intellectually I I think I know that that, that that's not true, <laughs> but it's hard to convince the self of that, particularly as you get close to people and more vulnerable and more needy. You know, right. it's what it's sort of like I'm about to take a jump out of this plane. Yep. I know intellectually that I'm probably safe, but um I don't want to jump out of the plane. I don't care how how much data you throw in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm not jumping out of this plane. Like take me back down to earth. It's you know it's the same thing. It is. In terms of the visceral fear that we fear that mm-hmm. we feel in that is all consuming and and eclipses any kind of intellectual knowledge that we have about how things work and so mm-hmm. it's a powerful message that i don't know really exists literally anywhere else on the planet i mean it's a i i, I can't think of i'm i'm guessing it probably exists but one you're so good at describing it oh. and two you are willing to describe it mm. and go there uh I wouldn't be surprised if you're the only human being on the planet who talks about uh, this common experience hmm. in a way that truly normalizes it for people.
1: Wow. Thank you. That's... Wow.
0: I mean, it's such a gift that, you know, as people are saying, and such a common experience really i mean cuz at the extremes well i think w- the w- the experience you have is much more universal than i think we even talk about it as mm-hmm. the feeling of feeling like a burden the feeling of terror of getting really close to someone you know yeah the denial of your own worth, I suppose the, um, the need for vulnerability and closeness and trust and, um, to be seen truly the, um, kind of constant baseline efforts to please everyone so that we're worth it. Like we have utility, like we're, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, as long as I'm extremely useful, then people will at least need me yeah. and keep me Right, because not just because of who I am, but because they can't live without me. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> I'm useful like a, you know, like a Roomba or something. <laughs> I think that, I think all of us can relate to those things. Yeah. 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 Patron Emma from New Zealand says, what's the hardest thing for therapists to address in therapy? Are there are any you still find difficult even after becoming
1: established? Bob, what do you think? The hardest thing to address in therapy. Yeah. Wow. Um, Well, I don't know what I would have said last year or three years ago, but I'll say this, this year, um, it's hard to address disowned attachment need and most people disown their attachment need. So, like, recently I saw uh, uh, a couple and, um, um, I'm trying to move one of them into understanding this dynamic that keeps bubbling up where they find themselves kind of on the defense. And part of them is saying, well, no, I really want to, I want my partner to be free to talk to me. But then when partner does, then they find themselves kind of really defending. And I haven't been successful with, um, Helping them move through that, and then recently, um, they were um, angry with me. And you know, my first instinct is, "Well, I'm going to defend myself." Thanks very much. And because they were sort of attacking me for doing something they said was not not cool, but instead of getting angry, and this is the hard part, but this is the part that I'm most happy with, is I didn't I didn't get angry, and I just inquired. I said, "Is there anything?" that's happening right now, between us, that's, they. it all relates to, you know, how things go with your partner. And through a series of, you know, exchange around that and talking about that, they landed on this understanding of themselves. What they said was something like, um, my feelings are not important, and I, other people's feelings are more important, And I should defer. I don't need anything. I'm okay the way I am. And then their partner said, you know, you matter all the time. Even when I'm upset with you, you still matter to me. And they were sitting with that and really seemed to be really chewing on it. And they were... Like utterly surprised that even in a moment of when partner were frustrated with them that partner still loves them and that they could actually reach and use the relationship as a resource for comfort and soothing and that they don't have to white knuckle through partner's upset so what they're free to do now, I, you know, it's going to take practice, but what they're free to do now is in the middle of one of these moments when partner is very understandably frustrated with them, um, they have this possibility of saying, I know you, you're pissed off at me or I know you hate me right now, but can you just reassure me that you still love me? And partner will, I know this partner, that partner will say, yeah, you're, you're aces, you're the best. Yeah, absolutely still love you. And then their body can relax, and then they can actually be present and available because partner really needs that too. So the hardest thing I, the hardest thing for me to do these days is to move people from their defenses into uh, recognition of and um, connection with, and then seeking their own attachment need. Mm-hmm. It's really fun though when it works,
0: and. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. What's hard about it?
1: We don't generally know what our attachment needs are. We've disowned them. So, there, I always think of the, the Wizard of Oz, you know, Dorothy and the gang are standing in front of the big booming, you know, blah, 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 and the smoke and the flames and the whole thing, and right? And then the dog runs over and pulls the curtain aside, and you see this kind of vulnerable old guy back there who does not want to be seen. Yeah. And he yanks the curtain shut. And he booms into the thing. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. And then more flames and smoke and whatever. And that guy's the wizard.
0: Yeah. And we rely on our clients to pull that curtain back and and look at it.
1: We 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 can't do that for them. No, we cannot. We can um, lead them up to it as best we can. And ultimately, they either can or they they will or they won't. Or they'll find their way to or they won't. Um, sliding it aside and learning something. I remember the first time the curtain pulled aside for me. The first. I, you remember the first time? Uh, uh, or let let me, one of the first times? I right? I, I remember this one time. <laughs> what, what stands out to me about it was the stuff that was coming out of my mouth I didn't actually know I felt. Hmm. Yeah, it was a really awful moment too. It was a really, really painful moment. We were in a fight and I started You and Colleen, yeah, and I started screaming. I am—that's all I am. I'm all I'm good for here is you know just what I do for you, and you just like everybody else, and everybody just wants what they want, and they don't give a shit. Blah blah. blah. And and as there's a corner of my brain that I'm actually listening to the words that are coming in my mouth, and I'm like, I've never thought that before. I've never, I've never said that before, and yet meaning
0: that. You never looked behind that curtain. I
1: never knew there was a curtain to look behind. Yeah.
0: It's there. Those thoughts are there.
1: Yeah. Right. But the, the whatever's behind that doesn't want to be seen and has a whole, you know, n- set of ways in which it can operate, but operate invisibly. So when when it came out, I actually started getting a shot at learning, you know, about what's behind my curtain that I'm not supposed to pay attention to. Right.
0: Yeah. So it's hard to do. And I would agree with that, that to help, you know, it's, I guess it's, do you find it frustrating at times? Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating to see or to highly suspect, if not assume that there's a curtain and there's something behind there. Right. And to compassionately and, convincingly and inspirationally get a client to feel safe to, to go there and to have them continually look the other way or deny. We understand that of course, and we understand that it takes time for people of course, but it is frustrating because we see them shooting themselves in the foot and, and denying their own humanity and denying maybe their partner a vision of their humanity right. so that their partner can at least go oh that's why you do that uh is it's frustrating to watch people hurt themselves yeah um when if they if they just you know i i know it's hard but it's you know it's there it's normal to be a human being and i that's what i find i find myself thinking and maybe even saying to a lot of clients who just like it's okay to be human, you know, it's okay to have insecurities and pain and it's okay to not know what you're doing. It's okay to have past things affecting you today. (laughs) You know, It's, it's okay. You don't have to be in this constant state of, of otherwise. And, you know, of course, the mistreatment makes you even, more likely to put more curtains up, right? Yeah. The more, the more wizards you have behind curtains, the more curtains you put up because it you're more ashamed of yourself yeah. and you're more afraid of vulnerability because you were shown that you could never trust anyone with yeah. it. And so you just – so it's this, like, cascade feedback loop that is – tragic for those who go through more difficulty because the Mm -hmm. more difficulty you go through the more trauma you have the more Mm -hmm. effects you have and the more walls you put up and the more harder it is to recover but let me ask you Bob. you know Mm -hmm. because what you're talking about is behind the curtain for you Mm -hmm. is this resentment and anger about having only worth based on your utility Mm -hmm. and yet you consciously say my mission is to be of utility to Colleen, I do say that, so how do you how do you rectify that
1: um, how, do, I, how do those
0: things fit? Because it sounds like behind yeah. the curtain there's someone saying, "I want to be considered more than my utility, right, and yet you say, "But that's I step into that space i I will be of utility. that is my mission,
1: yeah. I To be honest, I do think that there's a p- problem with that. They, there's um, an inconsistency there. It's not a logic problem. That's not the problem. The problem is, is that even in my wish to be um, of use to Colleen and to try to help her have a better life, I recognize that there's an aspect of that. I think it's just an aspect, but nonetheless there is. There's a significant aspect of that that is this... Um, very familiar place. This really, it's like, I think of it as like a shoe my foot just really knows how to fit into.
0: Meaning that, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. it's a a comfortable,
1: self-denying place. Yes. Yeah. So, like yesterday, I was, we were talking about, we were talking about something related to that and I was, I was sitting there and I didn't say it but I was thinking, huh, yeah, is are, you want to be supportive of Colleen and of course that's true and there's an element of this that's that habit of mind that you know the butler habit or whatever you want to call it yeah.
0: um Do you, have you said have you called it that before Oh yeah
1: yeah yeah that's one of the things that we that's one of the ways we talk about it at home yeah okay yeah um there is there is an element of that um and I don't have um I don't have a way to really reconcile, Uh, not reconcile, because that implies that there's. I don't know if I want to do anything different about that right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you, can you envision a relationship with Colleen where you predominantly feel loved, completely separate from your utility, just for who you are?
1: Can I you asked if I can envision it. Yeah, quite frankly, um, somewhere along the way when you were reading one of these letters or when you were saying something about, you know, your own response to the thing, I started having this fantasy in my head about what that would look like with me with me and Colleen. And I could feel both what's really interesting about it and attractive about it, and also what's really really scary about it. Scared of what I could imagine what you're scared of, but what's this what's the fear? Embarrassment.
0: Embarrassment. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it would be fear of loss because you're not of use and she doesn't need you anymore. But you're saying embarrassment. What what I'm imagining you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm taking a stab at this. Yeah, right. Now. Embarrassment of, of being seen for who you really are? Yeah,
1: that. Exactly that. Butlers don't have a personality. Nobody cares what the butler wants. That's the great thing about butlers is you do not have to pay attention. In fact, you're not supposed to. Right. In fact, butlers actually do not want to be paid attention to when they're working. Right. They wish to be invisible and seamless. And uh, I don't wish that, but there's a part of me that is um, comfortable. Yeah. An old shoe. An old shoe. Self-denial. Yep. My foot just knows how to fit in.
0: It's better than loneliness. But not as good as being seen. I have limited... I can attest to that. Okay. I'm not a butler to my wife. I wouldn't want to be.
1: Well, what's it like to be seen?
0: Embarrassing. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's scary, you know? It's, um... It's, um... yeah, it's embarrassing. It's gross. It's messy. <laughs> well, what the hell's good? You're not saying much to recommend it. <laughs> but in the same way that having sex with someone is gross and messy and being seen, you know, it's glorious.
1: Mm. It's human. It's true. True in the sense that it's the nature of these DNA packets. That's just
0: better, you know? I... I want to be I want to be there. I don't want to be not there. I want to be loved for who I am and all the messy grossness of who I am, personality-wise and otherwise. Hmm. I don't want to be loved for what you do. I want to be appreciated for my usefulness. Sure. And recognized. Yeah. And maybe a little loved for that. Like, oh, he puts a lot of effort into this and that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'd also like to have someone grab me by the ears and just love me. Hmm. Look into my eyes. And if you were to be, to fall ill and become completely useless to Colleen, what would that mean?
1: Oh man, that'd be really scary. That'd be really scary to have no contribution. Like, let's say, you know, quadriplegic, let's say, where maybe I can crack jokes. (laughs) There's some utility in that. Um, But to actually not be able to function and be entirely dependent on her, like for bathroom stuff, even. Well, not
0: dependent on her. I mean, that's one way of looking at it, but just not helpful to her. Not helpful. Not helpful. You're just a personality, you know?
1: No, you're of no no use you don't do anything for her yeah well i I can't see what would be in it for her then to stick around right like what can you like would you would would somebody stick are are they supposed to stick around
0: yeah yeah and she would stick around
1: well, yeah, I mean, maybe she would, you know, dutiful and all that. But... <laughs> not out
0: of shame, out of the fact that she loves you. She doesn't love you for being a butler, you understand. She doesn't want a butler. She likes you to be helpful, but she
1: doesn't She doesn't love you f-
0: for being a butler.
1: Huh, I have to ask her what the hell she does love me for. Then, I'm
0: quite positive she does not love you for being a butler. <laughs>
1: I, when you say it like this, of course, it just seems so obvious. But I got to tell you, my brain just really works with it this other way. Yeah. Thank you. Because uh, I actually am going to go ask her. But I'm going to go ask her with an uh, open mind and actually listen to what she Does starts. your
0: therapist like you because you're useful to him?
1: No. Yeah. No, I have a hard time with that, too. It's hard to imagine like what he sees in me. But he tells me that pretty regular. Yeah. That he appreciates our visits or... Because he doesn't right. let
0: you to be useful to him. No. That's the purity of the corrective experience in therapy.
1: Yeah. I I provide no service. I give him some money.
0: Yeah. But you understand as a therapist, there's another client behind you If if, you know,
1: if you don't see him that will pay. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's not hurting for um, yeah, he's got plenty to do. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, hmm. it's interesting because I didn't know what you would say to this, because I've always thought that your mission of being useful to Colleen was unfair to you on a certain level. But you seemed so attached to that. I never said anything. <laughs> I was like... That's great. And I mean, on a certain level, it's fine, you know, like to say, and really beautiful and, and I think healthy to say, and I think you do mean this at least half of what you mean when you say the Butler thing is it's my mission in life to love her and to be there for her. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a dedicated husband. Oh, yeah. And I pay attention to her, mm-hmm. and my relationship with her matters and mm-hmm. if she's sad, I'm there, if she needs something, I'm there and and that's that's functional, and there's nothing self denying necessarily about that, mm-hmm. right, but I think it there's another aspect to you know this dedication, which is. My only worth to her is being useful to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's all that I am. Yeah. That's all I could possibly uh, hope for.
1: Right. I cling to that pretty uh, tenaciously. Right. Let's just say I don't even have a model for something different. And um, it's scary. Mm-hmm. And also embarrassing. Huh? No, to imagine. I mean, imagine... Being seen, somebody grabs you by the ears and really looks looks that that's embarrassing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, remember my pen? <laughs> you remember I went him and han about should I buy this pen or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I did. I bought a pen because it was selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To remind the listeners. Oh, um, well, I I wanted
0: a pen, um, like expensive, nice pen. Yeah, that I just buy like fifty bucks, hundred bucks for a pen.
1: Yeah, it was sixty bucks. Um,
0: like one of those reusable, like yeah. you put in, you more put in, in cartridges. Yeah, that one. One yeah. of these kind of pens you just use for the rest of your life.
1: Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's made out of titanium. It's very heavy. Huh. It's nice. Um, right. It it's sounds nice.
0: slippery. Usually the expensive pens are slippery, which I don't appreciate.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. I uh, wouldn't like that either. It's also not skinny. Like oh, okay. there's some there's some really skinny. I don't know how anybody writes with yeah. skinny. Yeah.
0: A side note. I have a similar thing with expensive chopsticks or ohashi as we call them in Japanese. The more expensive, the less useful they are to me. I want the kind you get from a pick uh, a takeout where you know it's just wood because there's grippy things yeah. and I kind of like the the squared off end because right. it's easier to kind of grab things grab, sometimes. Yeah. Whereas when you start buying expensive. They're always lacquered, sometimes metal, and I find those to be extremely unuseful and unpleasant in your hands. And yeah. when you put them down, they kind of clang, clang. around. Yeah, and um, yeah, I just like the the regular the, just wood the ones. bamboo, bamboo, right? bamboo. Yeah. Anyway, so you were having this fantasy, which we consider, we could consider it growth of that it would even emerge in your mind as yeah. a this is not of utility to Colleen this is only of utility to me and something that i want yeah and tell us the emotional journey you
1: went on regarding it oh so i looked at all these pens um pen porn pen porn i went i went on some amazon pen porn and then um for a week and then it was scary but i told her that i wanted to buy
0: so prior to telling her what was going through your emotional soul
1: I don't want to be seen I don't want her to see what I'm looking at I mean like lots of times this is the end of the day we're both in bed she's got her tablet I got my tablet and I'm just you know you have a very comfy bedroom we we do it's very it's
0: just it's not it's not cluttered or dirty Yeah. No. but it seems very fluffy and warm and it, yeah and cozy it's pretty cozy the yeah it seems very cozy there. yeah
1: The the bed yeah you've been on that yeah um um, so I don't want to be seen and, um, I'm, I imagine that she's going to be annoyed or irritated if I want to spend money on a pen. Um, the original, you want
0: you thought that intellectually or it was an emotional impulse, uh, emotional. And if you had asked yourself intellectually, you'd be like, she, she doesn't care. She didn't care. But a dominant reaction oh, yes. in your gut was right she's going to think i'm frivolous and selfish right 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 so she's you know i don't want him to have that pen so thus yeah i'm going to stand in his way
1: well i don't want him wasting money on something stupid yeah yeah and so there's an
0: embarrassment that's interesting
1: oh yeah it's really embarrassing
0: embarrassing
1: yeah yeah you remember when we went to the movies remember a couple weeks ago yeah yeah, that day I bought a table saw. and um, What did we see? James Bond movie. Oh, yeah. I bought a table saw that day. I uh, got it off of... Off that route. was the
0: night I ran into... Um,
1: Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings, yeah. That's right,
0: yeah. yeah. And then we saw him on the way out.
1: That's right. You got a selfie, right? I did. I was thinking about it. I should, I should go up to his partner and say are you Ken Jennings' partner? Can I get a selfie? Because <laughs> she probably doesn't get the kind of attention that he does. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. But I, I didn't, I let her be. Anyways, um, that day I uh, bought a table saw. And I found one on OfferUp. I made an offer on it. And then I came out and I said to Colleen, I want to buy a table saw. But I said to her, actually, I, I, I preambled it. I'm like, I'm really scared to tell you something. And she's like, like what? I'm like, well, I want to buy a table saw. It's 400 bucks. Um, Some guy was selling one used and um, that's a good price. Yeah, it was. It was really, and it's a really good table saw. Um, I really like it. And she's like, okay, that was it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But me, I'm, and she's, I'm like, I'm still like, so I went down to get it. It was, traffic was horrendous. I was almost late for the movie. Did you
0: have, by the way, did you have an impulse of like, I could make you a lot of things with this table
1: saw? I could be a very much useful to you. Like, I should justify. Did it's you have that good. impulse? I didn't have the impulse to, because I, I couldn't defend it. Like, I, no, because I'm probably not going to make her a whole bunch of things. I probably, I don't know what the <laughs> hell. Wait,
0: have. didn't you literally make her a birdhouse recently with that
1: table saw? I did, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice, was that too.
0: part of this whole thing?
1: Uh,
0: Were you trying to justify it by making her something with it? Was it the first thing you made with the table saw?
1: I don't... I think it might have been. But I don't think... I I can't remember. I think I was already making the birdhouse before I got the table saw. And I could probably make that birdhouse without it. Because I have a different kind of saw that I could use. Um, But... um,
0: Well, tell me more about this embarrassment thing. Because I'm I'm confused about
1: that. Well, it's... I can only, this is the story that comes to mind whenever I think about this shit. When I was 22, I was in therapy with, um, I had a therapist when I was 22 and she told me this story once about, she had a bunch of friends and her and this other woman, they were good friends and they both had little kids and, and um, you know, she had two daughters and they, her friend had a son and they were little like, you know, three, four years old. And she said, there was this day when she was giving all the kids a bath and he was standing underneath this, the bath spigot thing where the water comes out, you know, with a heart on. And he's just sort of like humping the water. Like it was just feeling good. It was very clear that it was feeling good because he's just there, they're smiling and enjoying. Wait, how fun. old was the kid? Like three, yeah. four, some little, little tiger. And she's, she didn't, all she said was he was clearly really enjoying being there. You know, and, and um, here's the thing, is I think about that child and I, I both marvel at him, right?
0: That he could do it in front of other people?
1: Yeah, completely unselfconscious. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, it's hard to get words on. I I feel like, I'm doing that, but with, like, self-consciousness when I think about myself.
0: I, I don't really like the way
1: I'm saying it because it's not Well, complete.
0: like, you're a 54-year-old band sticking your dick in a stream of water naked in front of everyone when you're asking for a table saw. Yes. And you're like, he hee 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 this feels good to me. Yes. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. And you're you're a ridiculous version of a human just, like masturbating in a, you know, um, selfish, self-centered, or I don't know, just without any regard for the way it looks.
1: No regard for the way it looks and no regard for even awareness of the judgment of others.
0: Yeah. Well, that's an evocative image.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I think about when I think about fucking table sauce. <laughs> when I think about table saws. I don't recommend fucking your table no, saw. No no no, 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 no intention. I'm pretty
0: sure in the, in the manual, it explicitly it, it says, says that, right. do not stick your dick in the table saw. Right, right. Um, and when you think about getting a pen, you think about that sort of thing, nakedly sticking your dick in
1: right. a, I of a wallet. Same thing. Yeah. And, and it is, it's kind of like, in a way it is like porn because when I bought this wallet, I spent a week every night after work for about two hours looking at various kinds of wallets in this particular Sure,
0: I'm like that too. I, I, I get real, I don't know. You
1: geek out on it?
0: Yeah, I, I want to make, especially with today's world of online shopping, you can really dial it in, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, you can.
0: So, it's interesting.
1: But to be seen doing it is mortifying. Oh,
0: so when you're in the process of quietly shopping for a wallet or a pen, you don't feel the embarrassment. You're just like, well, no one can see me. So I'm okay.
1: I do. And then after a while, um, I, I, you probably get, I actually want to know if you get this, I sort of saturate and I can't do it anymore. It's like, ugh, I'm sick of this.
0: If I'm finding it hard to lock in on a choice, then yeah, I'll take a break and I need a fresh mind later on yeah. to approach it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess that, yeah, I guess so. I guess I'm normal that way because I get the same thing. But then I feel like I have this sort of hangover of, why am I even doing this? Like, do I need a fucking pen? I don't need a pen. Right. And um, do, do you ever feel that way? Like I if mean, you're geeking out on something kind of pen ish.
0: Yeah, I mean, it depends on what it is. Mm-hmm. I have to say, if it was a wallet or a pen or even a table saw. I think I would very quickly just pull the trigger and move on with my life. Cause I don't, I have no problem with sticking my dick in a stream of water and enjoying myself. <laughs> Metaphorically, Metaphorically speaking. speaking, I don't care who sees me
1: because fuck off, get your own stream of water. God, you know, I always care about who sees me. I, I always have these stories in my head about what they must be thinking of me. Like, like, um, I, I bought a phone at the Apple store and the guy's like talking to me about it I become very polite I'm very polite because what I imagine is they think yeah oh, man look at this selfish jerk who's like sticking his dick in an Apple iPhone Or whatever. I mean
0: all they're thinking about is the commission or yeah. I don't know just trying to get or whatever their it day. is like yeah.
1: yeah this is like just another customer I do this all day long right? yeah. I mean yeah.
0: do you know a specific trauma where this comes from I mean, it feels pre-verbal to me. Wouldn't be surprised. Where you are, two and enjoying yourself, like with a cookie or something, a spigot of water, or maybe. literally even with your penis. I mean, I don't, I don't want to. It's the fact that it feels that you go there. You know, who knows what yeah, you were knows. doing at the age maybe. of two, and your dad like slapped you around maybe. or terrified you for like doing something for yourself and maybe you were being a little prick if you will, to stay with the theme, but most two year olds are a little prick sometimes and you know, don't deserve to be terrorized. They deserve to be like, Hey, you know, pay attention to your surroundings or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have a specific memory. Yeah. And how interesting that it's
0: generalized to literally anything that you do for yourself.
1: Anything. It doesn't, you pick it, anything I do for myself, it comes along for the ride. Yeah. Which is why I, I there's a poverty of things I do for myself.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of hurdles you got to jump over to. Yeah. But you're doing stuff for yourself.
1: Yeah, actually, that's new. I bought the pen. And then the I bought the table saw. That you used to help her, but. yeah, I, I did, I did, but. I've but you used a, the
0: pen very selfishly, I hope.
1: Yeah. Just for things on your own. Yep. Yep. Well, I, I write with it all day long at work, and then I sometimes write with it when I'm not at work, and um, uh, it feels good in my hand. I like it. Have a drawer full of other pens that I.
0: What do you even use a pen for these days? I feel like I never touch a pen these days.
1: Oh, I still take notes by hand. By hand. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When you talk about this, what do you feel?
1: Uh, a little checked out and a little embarrassed. and Embarrassed uh, about what? Well, I feel like I'm sticking my dick in a spicket in front of all the listeners. I mean, God, what an image. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that is the metaphor of, of, our, of our conversation. Yeah. I mean, so do you feel self-indulgent to talk about self-indulgence or Ooh. self-indulgent to reveal your self-indulgence?
1: I don't feel self-indulgent to reveal it. I feel embarrassed just for, to to be plain about it, to be out loud about it. And actually, I didn't really understand because it seems it. feels ridiculous. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, maybe it, that that's possible. I think that might be true.
0: Or it's just hard to be vulnerable. Well, that about yeah. something you're not used to being vulnerable about. Yeah, because yeah. that's weird too. Because you're you're very comfortable at being vulnerable in other ways. Yeah. But this way
1: you're not as comfortable. Oh, very uncomfortable. No, I don't oh. like this. Yeah.
0: What is it about it that tweaks you?
1: Okay. Um, I I can't curate it. So I don't know how it's going to come out on the podcast. Yeah. I can't know. I, and, and even to you, like, oh,
0: you haven't pre curated. You didn't know you're going to talk about this. No. This isn't, you're not, this isn't well tread ground. For no,
1: you. not at all. In fact, when you say to me, oh, you're like the 54 year old version of that thing. I'm like, oh yeah, that, that's right. That's actually what I am. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you're just like, where are we heading with this conversation? Yeah. And
1: like, I, I know enough to just let it happen, let it unfold and it's fine. Yeah. You know, but, um, I'm not curating it. So that's like scary. Uh, it's it's also um, kind of a raw spot for me. So to reveal it is just, you know. Yeah. Well,
0: it's a, I mean, it's a safe place. So the way I would frame this, Bob, I don't know if this helps, yeah. is in the same way that, you know, when you're disorganized, the best you can do is become avoidant or preoccupied, at least in the short term. Right. When you are you know, abused and made to feel worthless, a a viable step two out of three, if you will, is, well, at least I can be useful, you know? Yeah. And that's not ideal, but it's better than where you came from, which is no one will ever love me, Mm -hmm. uh, even if I am useful, (laughs) you know, it's like, well, at least I can depend on my usefulness. I can bank on that. I know I'm very useful and I'm very helpful and yeah. I'm very attentive and considerate. Right. I feel very comfortable with that.
1: You know, uh, my sister has the same birthdays. You did you know that? Right. Yeah, you my, must have told me that. At my some sister point. and and my nephew, oh. both have the same birthdays. your son. No, uh, my brother Pete's kid. Oh. Um, so I I sent her a book. Um, Oh, she's unusual. I don't usually send birthday presents to my sibs. And these days, I don't even send cards. Uh We text. But I didn't even text my sister. But anyway, she texted me back. And she wrote something that I had a hard time swallowing. I'm just pulling up my texts. Oh, there she goes. Okay, let's see. There. She was at Mom's for the weekend, and we had a lovely dinner in Ambler with Mike and Doug. That's her kid and her husband. And Dan and Gwen. That's my brother and... His wife. Your presence was missed as it always is for family stuff because that's just. But that's just because you're awesome. My sister's very funny. She said, maybe you could be a dick so the opposite would be true. Ha ha ha. I read that and I was like, what is she talking about? Like, it's weird. Like. Mm, I'm lost. It's weird that she. How did she put it? She said, y- y- your, presence, your, your presence was missed as it always is for family stuff. Oh. Like, are you kidding? Like, I feel like a ghost. So the fact that I exist. You feel like a ghost even though you're uh,
0: talkative because you're not inserting your real selfhood into those situations. Because you're not a quiet, shy person. Yeah. So you're not a you're not a wallflower. No. But you're saying I feel like a ghost when I hang out with my family because I'm not really there.
1: Well, the fact that she could actually miss me being at her birthday dinner. Yeah. Like implies that I must exist in yeah. her mind right. when I'm not around doing something useful. Yeah. Cuz my sister lives 3000 miles away.
0: I hope that you can really internalize this, Bob. Uh-huh. Nope. People see you. Your sister I see you. You think you're tricking everyone and into believing that you're at least useful. Everyone can see you except for you. <laughs> it's a way to put it. Everyone can see you, except you can't see that people see. Pe- you think people see you either as a
1: ghost or useful or something, but I am confident, Bob, that I know you. Yeah, you do know me. I mean, I, on some level, I recognize that I, you know you are not tricking me. I don't
0: know the entire you. You know, there, well, there are I aspects know. of you I haven't sure. seen or right.
1: corners that I don't know
0: well, but you are not tricking anyone.
1: Well, I don't walk around thinking I'm tricking anybody. I think you walk around thinking that no one
0: cares about you, one, the true you, and two, that you're... um, Like what you said about your sister, it's just like it's hard to imagine that that she would miss me. I am quite positive she's your sister. (laughs) She knows you and sees you. And so the notion that... She misses you is obvious. You're a very lively, you know, person, and maybe there are times when you're suppressing certain things. Sure, but you know, there's a good portion of you that your sister, and for sure, me. You know, uh, I, I I see you, so you're yeah. not as um, protected, I suppose. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and and I'm not. I don't see. <laughs> like, I don't, um, I don't know. Am I making any sense? Yeah, but I don't think it's you I'm fooling. I think it's me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. I think, I'm not saying you're maliciously trying to fool no, people. No, 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 no. But I'm
1: saying that you don't have to work to be seen. You're already seen. Well, I the fact that you actually see me is weird. Yeah. Like, here's what I think. I was driving over here. I was running late. I'm like, oh, I don't, I mean, you, you, you don't really care. Yeah. You got I, here early. By I the did. Way. I actually, it was a couple minutes early, <laughs> but on my way over, the thought I had about this wasn't, oh, I get to hang out with Kirk. The thought I had is don't be late for Kirk. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the utility I'm going to have in this particular moment is get here on time and don't be late. Be a, be a useful podcast. Right. Partner. Right. Yeah but i mean i look forward to coming over because i like hanging out with you and you know usually we podcast but we also you know gab and mm-hmm. it's fun um we gab and we record some of it that's yeah. true that's exactly what we do yeah. yeah so so but i don't know how us to relate to you or i don't know how us to i don't think i'm fooling you no
0: but i th- right i think you're fooling yourself like you're saying I need to be useful, you know, cause that is where my, that's where my usefulness is. Yeah. You know, that's where, that's what he wants me to be. Yeah. That's, that's my way of retaining my relationship. I want that. to retain. Yeah. um, That is, you know, not the case. We understand that. And yeah, it's, I, you know, I, I, I think what I'm saying is a better way to put it is you've already arrived. You just have to recognize it. There's nothing to change other than how you see it.
1: Right. 100% agree.
0: Yeah. And like with Colleen, yeah. like she already loves you for who you are. You don't have to change. You just have to see that and stop trying so hard to be a butler cuz right. you're just bringing yourself down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's uh, um, scary. There's, there's, I have two things. One is that's like relieving. Okay. Yeah. Like lately I've been, I'm kind of
0: relieved that. too. Cause there, the reason why I say this is because I think I've been operating on this model of like, well, if we kind of get Bob to this place, but I was like, wait, he's already there, you know? Yeah. He's a very open, vulnerable, hard on his sleeve kind of person in the right circumstances with yeah. me and Colleen anyway. Yeah. And And so we don't have to, you know, we don't have to change anything other than just, just kick back and relax and enjoy what's happening, which is you're already seen. You're already loved for who you are and you can be useful if you want, but you know, and you'll continue, but you don't have to see it as that's why people are sticking around. Right,
1: right. Yeah.
0: And enjoy it, you know, like let it in. Because I imagine that would be nice to feel like, oh, people already love me for who I am. Because I'll tell you, to me, you're not very useful. Like you're not a, like in terms of like the things that we have together, you're not not useful. But, you know, in terms of the, the things that our relationship involves, like you're not. You, you're not of utility to me.
1: Hmm. You don't, like, do my laundry or anything. No, I don't do that sort of I'm not that kind of use. Um, you know, the utility I think I mostly have with you is I'm a okay wingman. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But we were friends close we, we before yep. you were on this podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah.
0: And you know, and we could go into details, which we won't about the wingman aspect of our relationship, but
1: well, I'm not talking about when we were young, young, I'm yeah. talking about like, even since like, like, um, um, a good listener. Yeah. Yeah. Also. But like, like the other day we were talking about having a poker game. Yeah. Right. I'm a good wingman for that. Like, yep, I can support having a poker game. Yeah. And that's what Kirk wants to do. But I like playing poker yeah. like the way we play. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like I'm it's not like I don't like that. It's mm-hmm. not like I, you know, cuz like if you wanted to do something I didn't want to do, I would probably you know, most likely I'd turn you down if it was
0: Yeah. Know. And it's nice, you know, but again, but, it's how you see it. Like Yeah, it's how I see it. To be a good listener is to have a good relationship. It's not you being a good sidekick to listen to me. (laughs) you know if that's how you see it? That's one way. Another way is just like, well, good friends listen to each other. Yeah,
1: no, it's true. It's true. I, I, you know, like I like you. So, you know, hanging out with you is fun for me. Yeah. Like I look forward to seeing you, but I think there, there's a part of me that believes. I I have to
0: to be a good wingman in order. Yeah. Yeah. Which you don't. Well, you you should be a good listener yeah in general <laughs> you know you should be a good friend yeah um right. but it you don't have to be a a good servant
1: it's so automatic yeah that i don't even first off it's the shoe i don't even know my foot's in yeah and um so so the two feelings i have one is like wow this is sort of novel and relieving mm-hmm. right and the other is Wow, this takes a lot of fucking work.
0: <laughs> well, let me give one example. Let's say I was podcasting at your house and I'm running a little late. Yeah. What would I be
1: going through? I don't know, nothing. I'd just be like, shit, I'm a little late. See, because here's what I'd be thinking it's like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accommodate whenever this is going to start. This is going to start when it's going to start. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even thinking about you. Right. Yeah.
0: I'm just like, I'm five minutes late you know bfd.
1: Well what would you think?
0: Oh is that that's what you'd think. Yeah. I'd be like I'm 5 minutes I don't like being late. But yeah, right. but I wouldn't feel like anxiety about our relationship or anxiety about how you how you would feel about it. <laughs> I would I'd I, I wouldn't cuz I just trust you and I even if you were a little upset I'd be like well you'd get over it. Yeah. You know, and I I tried or whatever. Yeah. So and I, my value is bigger than just me
1: being on time. Right. Right. I think the little schema thing inside me is every time my value is contingent on. Right. Even though like, it's I know. conditional love. Yeah. And I know it's just a thing. Like it's a non-rational, you know, strategy or whatever. Like there's a part of me that knows that. Yeah. Um, but it's very comfortable. It is. Yeah. And also it's it's automatic. Yeah. And
0: so my conceptualization is good. You know, you're you're in phase two. Right. And you're heading into phase you getting a pen is indication you're heading into phase three. Yeah. Which is um
1: It's a cordless orbital sander. That's your next thing. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and you know, if those are the corrective experiences that you need, you know, I could really see those being that But to be intentional about it, you know, of like, okay, what am I bumping up against that is unhelpful to me and Colleen, honestly, because Colleen doesn't want to be seen as a conditional lover. There's a lot. She doesn't want to be pigeonholed as like, I only love him because he's useful.
1: No. And you
0: should appreciate that she a hundred billion percent sees you and loves you, you know, you should absorb that. And if you don't like it could lead to a lot of resentment of just like, you know, when things get kind of rough, if you will, <laughs> I could imagine a lot of anger coming out of just like um, her or me or both from you from me of if because if you're walking around with this assumption like she only loves you because of your utility and that's comfortable to you when push comes to shove, you're just like, well, fuck you. Like, like, you know, you don't even you just have me around because I'm a goddamn servant.
1: You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. When it's bad. Look at all the things that
0: I've done for you, and you don't even appreciate it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And she's like, what?
1: (laughs) What? Yeah. How come I'm being yelled at about this? You know, um, my first um, sexual relationship... I don't know if we're going to air this, but I'm going to talk about it. (laughs) And then let's just see. (laughs) My my first sexual relationship when I was in college, I was young. We were... I, I had like. Was almost, there a stream of water involved? No, no stream of water, but oh. a lot of focus on partner and partner's enjoyment, which was. I was winging it because this was all new turf for me. Yeah. And two weeks into it, I actually raised a complaint. I said, Can, How come we make this all about you? <laughs> and she said, Yeah, Bob, I've been waiting for two weeks, like, for us to make it about you. Mm hmm. And then there was this incident where, um, um, she moved away and she went to graduate school and she came back for a visit this back when I was at school in in, in Pennsylvania. And she was, there was the day she was leaving and we were having sex and I don't know how else to put it, but there was a look of. Utter despair and pain on her face while we were fucking, and she was basically throwing her pussy at me, like like we were having sex, and she was so f- I not the way I re- the way I think about it is she was so frustrated that she couldn't reach me, that this is just what she was doing. It's like just pounding away at me to try to get through to me.
0: Oh, it took me a while to click in. I, so. I think what you're saying in my phrasing is she was so frustrated with you not uh, enjoying yourself or not like asking for things from yourself that she was like angry and was like frustratingly and physically kind of like, I'm going to just rail him right now, (laughs) if you will, and really try to, I don't know what. I'm just so frustrated. It's just like, will you please just try to enjoy this? You know, like yeah. that that's what you're talking about.
1: I am talking about okay. that. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you. this reminds you of that, our conversation. Yeah. Of like someone just getting pissed. Like, will you please just ask for things? <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how like harming it can be. And yeah at
1: least frustrating frustrating and you know yeah right, yeah,
0: but I will say, Bob, that I don't have to throw my pussy at you because yeah I know what you need, I know what you want, you know within reason, and i don't there's no ambiguity about um you bidding from me to me, really, yeah, what do I want well, today's conversation. I don't know if you consciously want it, <laughs> um, but... Oh, this is going to get embarrassing. No. You want um, to feel okay, you know, and you want to feel loved and seen underneath the fear, <laughs> and you want security.
1: Am I underhanded about it? No. Am I, like, manipulative? No. No.
0: Is that a real question?
1: Yes. Yeah, no. You know, uh, therapy these days for me. So, backing up. Sure.
0: Prior to me saying I know what you want, you were thinking, what? That I didn't know? I don't pay attention to what you want?
1: That you're you're
0: not bidding? Yeah, that. You you thought you weren't bidding? Yes. I mean, maybe you are not like... Hardcore bidding, but it's pretty obvious. I mean, you're putting stuff out there that's, I assume, like you're lobbing balls over the plate for me, you know, to swing at. You could not mention these vulnerabilities. I assume you're mentioning them because you think, well, maybe Kirk will take a swing at this.
1: Right? I don't know why. Like, what I tell myself is, okay, I think there might be some utility in this story. For somebody out there listening, so what okay. I've learned is, okay, yeah, that they're self-disclose. It helps people. It, it just helps. Okay, right. So I've learned that. But but listen, I'm I'm cool with there being somebody behind a curtain inside me.
0: Yeah.
1: Right now. Yeah. Like that's not that's disowned, but still, I I say I'm cool about it. I'm actually not cool about it at all. But I get that it might be happening. Yeah. And
0: is it okay that I'm taking a swing at balls that you're throwing across the plate whether you
1: know I'm sitting in the batter's box or not? Well, what I like is that you're saying you're throwing balls across the plate there, Bob. Yeah. I like that you're saying it even though it's really uncomfortable. I wish you weren't. Cuz you're that.
0: asking for help. You're being vulnerable or you're you're asking for you're asking me to do things. You're help, you're hoping that I can be of use to
1: you. I don't have a felt sense of that, but I'm willing to um, um, hold it and and I'm Think willing to it. presume that it's true. Consider it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, it could
0: be inadvertent, as you say. You're trying to, in, you know, in your utility to the listeners by self-disclosing. You're like throwing balls around it blindly and I'm taking swings you know I I could see that being true but I don't think so Bob I I honestly I I sense it from you and I've always sensed it from you in on and off Mike that you're asking me for help and I try to help and I ask you for help and you try to help me it's pretty I mean I could be reading things wrong but I, I get a clear idea that you ask me for help it can be kind of busted up sometimes you know like uh um complicatedly sure yeah yeah yeah,
1: complicated yeah i don't know
0: it's pretty obvious to me you're asking for help you know it's i think there's a part of you that trusts and is trying and there's but your conscious mind is like never do that of course i'm not doing that or something
1: well, there's something about you just saying it makes me feel really sad.
0: Because you don't want to burden other people?
1: Maybe, but also I think because I'm really lonely.
0: So you don't feel th- what I'm thinking is happening? <laughs>
1: You're not internalizing it. No, no. I think it's because you're saying it and I'm internalizing it. Like, um, you uh, are, you're willing to reach across the divide and I'm often not. And you're willing to hold a mirror up for me and still care about me mm-hmm.
0: cuz i see you i don't i don't see the weird version you think you are
1: yeah i i get that i i mean i guess i sort of get that i suppose i'm really lonely but i often don't notice it I mean, being a butler would be lonely. Yeah. But, you know, it's also just another day at the office.
0: But to butler yourself in the midst of close relationships, you know, it's like you're, you're in close relationships that see you and love you. And there's a lot of behaviors that are indicative of that. But you're like... You don't want to see that. I I really do. I I'm turning a blind eye. Yeah. You're yeah. lonelyizing yourself.
1: I I totally agree. Yeah. I'm yeah. not
0: saying to blame you. No, no. But I no. I'm saying it's just if you can just throw back the curtain, if you will. Yeah. And, my own. You know. Uh, we're out here, you know. Right. Or a better metaphor is we're already behind the curtain. Just open your eyes. Yeah. We already we're already there. And I get the terror of that, of course. But
1: I'm not scared or bothered. No, me. no, I mentioned right, yeah. Right.
0: But I get the recognition sudden of my God, am I a lonely MFR? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah hmm thank you. It's a good talk hmm.
0: Do you want to keep all that in about the pussy and all that stuff <laughs>
1: yeah actually i I kinda do okay. I guess you know I can think about it and let you know later if i because I think
0: that. you know the way you phrased it is interesting, you know. It's the way I see it in my head still. Well, I think it's kind of stuck at a 22-year-old kind of like in-the-moment phrasing, you know? Like, what do you mean? I can see you, correct me if I'm wrong, having a, a stuckness about that experience that doesn't really get resolved. And so you could imagine like you walk out of the room with her and you, that's the first sentence kind of spills out of your mouth. Cause it's sort of unrefined, you know,
1: very unrefined. Yeah. 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 Cause I, the way you phrased it, I was like, huh? It's <laughs> like hard it, to, said, it was a, it, weird it's a weird phrase. We- I know it's, it's the phrase that I've had for whenever I think about that moment. That's, yeah. that's what I see. Right. Uh, but it is, it's kind of a weird phrasing. It's, kind of a weird, it? it's, not, it's not how you normally talk. No, no, I never talk that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I could see how, you know, mulling it over in a safe place could refine the <laughs> refine the sentence a little bit, too. She was frustrated that, you know, yeah. I wasn't present. Yeah. I wasn't uh giving her the gift of my sexual needs. Yeah, that. Yes yeah and she'd reached a a limit
1: right well
0: what's that? I don't know <laughs> hang <laughs> vulnerability hangover setting in maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did we answer the email? <laughs> um, what was the email? Oh, yeah. The hardest thing for
1: therapists to address in therapy. God, um, that's a long, windy road we just took.
0: Well, I'll, uh, I'll answer the question now. How about that? And then we'll conclude. It's funny. like I, I didn't have that many emails for us to um, answer. And I was like, oh, crap. What if we run out of emails to answer? We literally got to one email. Well, one email that was congratulating you, and then the other one was just a question. Anyway, right. and it's a pretty easy question, <laughs> but it, but it, it blossomed.
1: Yeah, boy, we sure did. We took a couple
0: right turns. Um, the hardest thing for therapists to address in therapy are personality disorders, mm. because they, for reasons that I've discussed in other episodes, uh, are distortions that are pervasive through the personality, based on really deep schemas that are irrational and produce a ton of uh, counter transference because of recreations that the client will recreate with the therapist and are just really difficult, really hard, a lot of landmines, a lot of counter transference management, a lot of um, barriers to change, you know, because when you're talking with to someone with social anxiety, you can, as a client and therapist, ally against the social anxiety. You know, you both agree yeah. that they're being unreasonable, that they have an irrational fear of humiliation. But when someone has avoidant personality disorder, you there's nothing to ally with. You know, the person believes it to be true. And so you have to start from ground zero, from well not ground zero, but you have to start from from point zero. What's that? How's the phrase go? From the beginning of, mm-hmm. you know, is there even a problem <laughs> is, is the, is a very hard thing to do. you you have to somewhat fight with your client to say the way you see the world is wrong. You know, and we would never phrase it that way in all likelihood, but that's essentially what we're doing with personality disorders. You know, you see abandonment where there is none. You mm-hmm. see judgment where there is none you see desperation where there is none and and like our discussion earlier with you and me you're aware of things so you and i can ally together you know Mm -hmm. like there's no i don't have to um fight with you or you know or i don't throw things up and you go no 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 that's not it yeah you you're aware enough to be like oh okay you know whereas with clients that aren't as far down the road as you are. It's really hard. You know, I can work with clients for five years straight weekly before they even recognize that they have abandonment traumas, (laughs) you know, and that they have distortions or perceptions that are a little off. And also what makes it hard is to suggest such a thing to a client is to slightly reject and abandon them, which triggers them and they get real angry at me. So the very thing that's going to help them, which is me, confronting them kind of about their perceptions triggers them and causes them to be more defensive. So personality disorders are very hard. Um, And it's proven in all the data. Like one of the things, like my dissertation was on difficult clinical moments for seasoned therapists and most of them discussed interactions with people with personality disorders. Um, Not all, because we couldn't really know some of them were very brief contact with clients but anyway um the other thing i have in my notes here is abused children can be hard for some people talking to kids who have been sexually abused and to hear you know a 5 year old talk about being penetrated or whatever yeah. and is hard yeah um i'll say i never had a hard time with it for some reason it never I mean, maybe because I don't have those traumas or something myself. Um, I, it, it wasn't easy, but it didn't throw me the didn't way,
1: like haunt you beyond. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I think I also just have like a a general acceptance of human evil behavior or something. Like, I don't, I don't know where I got that from. Um, I've just always been like, yeah, you know, people do, th- you know, it just happens, and it's terrible, but. Yeah. I'm, I don't have this delusion that it doesn't happen and that th- those victims don't come to therapy sometimes, you know,
1: you, it's, it's not that you wouldn't have feelings about that, like sadness or fresh, or angry at, at the person being hurt, but it's not difficult for you to do that. Like it's not going to cause you to have a trauma hangover or whatever right. it'll begin and end, you know, soon it'll end soon after the session, maybe a day, maybe a couple hours.
0: Yeah. And I don't feel responsible. That's the thing. I, right. I, I'm not codependent in that way. I don't, right. I don't feel like, oh shit, like this person's suffering. It's my job to take all that away. Yeah. I'm just like, whoa, you know, that's, I'm here and I'll do all, everything I can within this hour. But, and I don't say this part, but I think it like, and that's all I can do, yeah. <laughs> you know, humanly. Um <clears throat> Having said that, I I never had a caseload of a lot of abused kids. Yeah, right. So if I had, I'm guessing that I would get burnt out. And I, you know, I've had supervisees. There's a um, Dawson Creek up north, in uh, Linwood is an agency. A, really, a Compass Compass agency? No, Dawson's Creek, not Dawson's Creek. Dawson Place. That's so funny. Oh, 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 <laughs> I'm oh. Glad I, you, I thought- I'm glad you I'm glad you reeled me because I'm like. <laughs> anyway so yeah it's called dawson place yeah and it's a it's a it's a or at least i don't know if it still is an operation but it was a few years ago mm-hmm. it's a compass mental health um agency and they specialize in treating kids who have been abused and their entire caseload so are those kids wow. and i would i've supervised clinicians and there's always a point like six to eight months in that the secondary trauma kicks in mm, and yeah. the burnout kicks in and they do a lot at that agency because, you know, they understand that very well yeah, and right. they take vacations and they do a lot of purging of those kinds of feelings over time and they take care of each other. But, um, but it's a lot, you know? Yeah. And so I never had that. So I imagine that would be rough too. But anyway, um, and then you say, are there are there any still you find difficult after becoming established? Um. Well, what the research found was, and I'll you know just summarize really quickly, was that being seasoned and having experience on average decreases the distress, but the distress is still very real, and I that's very important because novice therapists often assume that there's something wrong with them because they're having distress from some clients. And the truth is, is that the distress never goes away, but it on average does, you know, attenuate, but it never goes away. You can, you know, and that's why I, you know, did my dissertation partially on seasoned therapists because I wanted to help novice therapists see that seasoned therapists go through really rough moments and they have very difficult emotions um, because of it, you know, they can get absolutely rattled and um, off kilter and angry and confused and feel inadequate and want to quit the profession altogether. You know, these are the themes that I found. Yeah. The themes were confusion, anger, inadequacy, wanting to run, wanting to hide their feelings. You know, wanting to run included wanting, literally wanting to quit being a therapist. There mm. were different levels of wanting to run. There was wanting to run out of the office, wanting to terminate with the client, and wanting to quit being a therapist altogether. Right. And there were different reports. But it was all in that theme of like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to Mm -hmm. do this anymore. Like get me out of here. Um and the other theme was um God, I always forget one of the themes. But anyway, those are the main ones that I can remember. And it doesn't end. Um and because it's you don't become non human as you gain experience, you know. And so yeah. So I hope that answers your question, patron Emma. I'm gonna make this a patron only episode. What do you say, Bob? Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> and um if you have responses to this email and I'm curious. You know, we I think we got into a lot of interesting topics today. Yeah and so you can title those questions in the go to the website psychologystyle.com, click on the contact button fill out the form in the subject line say what are we going to call this episode um what should i call it i don't know uh being how about being something about being useful okay or being or something about being a butler it, am I only? Am I just a butler to my spouse? Is, is am I just a butler to my spouse? Sure, that's a good. Am title. I just a butler to my spouse? Oh, that's too long.
1: You'd call it Butler syndrome. Butler syndrome. Um. Butler
0: syndrome. You might. You might butler understand. syndrome and. Hard-ons and streams of water. <laughs> what if I just named it like? <clears throat> uh, anyway, let's see. Being useful, Butler syndrome. I mean, Butler syndrome would be fun, right? Yeah. I don't I have know to if listen it would to it to to understand it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think Butler syndrome. So, in the subject line, say regarding Butler syndrome, and. I'll know to put it in that you know document with all those emails and then next time bob and i talk we'll talk about it what do you say yeah sounds good all right so everyone take care of yourself love each other allow yourself to buy pens when you want to because you deserve it